You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about uh, the the newest episode, the eighth eighth episode? Are we, are we up to eight already? Good God. Um, the eighth episode of Series 8, uh, Mummy on the Orient Express, written by new writer Jamie Matheson and directed by Paul Wilmshurst. Mm. Um, so, uh, we're going to be getting into spoilers, but before we do that, we like to get sort of like everybody's, uh, everybody's overall thoughts, their, their opinion of the episode, uh, before we get into the details. Um, and, uh, yeah, so let's, let's go ahead and start with, uh, Nick. Okay. (laughs) Uh, yeah, um, I liked it. It was fine. Um, it was kind of what I was talking about last week with Kill the Moon, where it was, you know, another variant of an episode we've seen a lot of times in the past, whereas, you know, Kill the Moon was, oh, we're astronauts in a place. I don't know. It, it was just another episode of the Doctor's in a place. Here are these people. You don't, they don't really have characteristics and they're going to get picked off one by one by the thing until the Doctor figures out why the thing is doing the thing. And then he's going to save like the last three or four people and it it was the quaint the setting of oh it's the orient express in space was really fun for like the first five minutes and then it just quickly became obvious that it was just set dressing for another variation of episodes we've seen dozens of times before as i've said and um yeah capaldi was was good there were really good moments with him um clara Clara was, you know, Jenna Coleman turned in another good performance, but um, I don't know. I, I never really bought the whole, like, this is our last blast angle. It just felt kind of empty because I knew they weren't going to go through with it. And the fact, and there, there was this really great uh, moment about, um, you know, there, there, there was a part where the theme is like, oh, if you were, if you were really going to leave, you would have left. And as a viewer, I was, I found myself saying, yeah. So why are we pretending like this is actually going to happen? And I don't know. It kind of felt like a, um, it felt like an episode that didn't move anything forward, which could have been, which could be fun, if it, if the episode by itself was fun. But it, I don't know. I was I was very lukewarm about it. Okay, so I guess we're already talking about spoilers. Um, oh, I mean, I wouldn't call that a. Uh, I don't know. So was it, you kind of just like said the whole plot of the episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But okay, that's fine. Um, uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking yeah, about that. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cassandra. Um, <laughs> on the complete other side of the spectrum, I loved this. I had so much fun with it. Um, 
this honestly might be my favorite this season so far. Um, and I literally have like a note page full of notes because I've just, there's so much to talk about. I have a lot of things to talk about, so it's exciting. Um, but yeah, no, this was awesome. And I was kind of wary because it was a new writer and we all know how last week turned out with new writer. And I was like, oh no, I hope this isn't another repeat of that. Um, and then the more I watched it, the more I was like, yeah, this guy just gets it. It's so, oh, so good. I loved it. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% in Cassandra's uh camp. I this episode was amazing. Um I I love this. I think that uh I I do think this is my favorite of the of the season. I still think Listen is probably the best. Um mm-hmm. but I think that Listen is like a borderline masterpiece. Yeah. Um but I but this is like this is just like everything I want from just like a regular episode of Doctor Who. It reminded me a lot of um the uh, Vampires in Venice. Um, yeah, like in that it just it feels like quintessential Doctor Who, <clears throat> but in a good way. Uh, and I and I think that um, it it feels like classic Who big time. Like this this more than any other episode. Like when this season started, and uh, there was that rumors where they were like, oh, it's gonna feel like the Hinchcliffe Holmes era. And then we're watching it, and we're like, yes, I, I think we speak for I speak for both of us. We're just like. I guess, like it's just like uh, okay. I that's completely a weird comparison. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird comparison. And then I get to this episode, and I was like, oh my god, this is like straight up Hinchcliffe Holmes. Like this is awesome. Yeah. Um. So I I loved this. I thought it was twisty and turny. Like I I loved uh all of the all of the twists in the thing. You know, like you you start with like. You're on just on the Orient Express and then it turns into another thing and mm-hmm. then it turns into a third thing. And it's it, I just I loved all that. I loved that the doctor had no control over the situation whatsoever. Um, it, it was it was great. I loved this. So good. Um, all right. So we'll, we're going to get into all, all of uh, Cassandra's notes and uh, next grievances uh, once we get into uh, spoilers or more spoilers, I guess. Um, but <laughs> I, will, I will defend myself after the break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so before, before we do, I want to remind you guys that we're sponsored by DCBService.com. The size that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic books and collectibles at discount your local comic book shop. Just can't compete with. Use DCBS to place your orders two months in advance and get discounts of 40% off. Plus special discounts up to 50% off. So place an order as big or small as you like and ship monthly. Bi-weekly or weekly with flat rate shipping for only $6.95 every time an order goes out. So thanks to DCBService.com. Also, InStockTrades.com, their sister site where you can purchase any hardcover, paperback, graphic novel collection that's currently in print at massive discounts of 20 25 to 45 percent off and if that's not good enough for you check back on wednesdays for new release specials of 50 percent off every single week and remember all orders over 50 dollars get free shipping so thanks to instarktrades.com uh and they uh they just recently moved to uh tennessee uh the instock trades hub which is like 20 minutes away from diamond distribution um and uh and right near like a I think it's like a FedEx hub or something. Cause I think they ship using FedEx or, or it's like, I don't know. I forget. I, or it's like by a USPS hub or something, but either way their shipping has improved like exponentially. 
um, as a result. So usually you place an order and you get your thing like within two days, almost like it's Amazon Prime shipping. It's insane. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, so so go check that out. Uh, InStockTrades.com. Okay. So Mummy on the Orient Express. Uh, let's let's start with. I guess let's start with Nick. Go ahead. And- <laughs> okay. So. First off, I apologize if there are listeners that do listen to the first five minutes of this episode before watching an episode of Doctor Who. Um, first off, genuinely thank you because that that means that means that we're a part of your Doctor Who ritual, and I don't take that lightly. Um, second, um, Clara Oswald is revealed to be in this episode in the first three minutes of the episode, so I I feel comfortable revealing that she's in the episode. And, you know, I didn't for a second believe that she wasn't going to be in the next episode. And so mm-hmm. all of the, like, oh, this is our last time, like, I'm going to leave, or I'm over it, it just, I'd never rang. I would, honestly, if the episode ended with her being like, okay, bye, then I'd be like, oh, this is a huge revelation, I don't want to reveal this. But the fact that it just, the episode ends with status quo being restored, and I never really felt like the status quo was ever at a risk of being upended. I don't know. A, a lot of that kind of rang hollow to me, I, even though Jenna Coleman delivered a really sweet, endearing performance as we've come to expect from her this season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Although I, I, it's interesting that you read it that way. Cause I read it a completely different way. And like where I'm watching this and she yeah, she is saying like, Oh, this is our last adventure. And of course I know that it's not their last adventure. She's not leaving yet. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I was more interested in the character drama. Like, I think that what she went through in this episode with double think, like, like kind of like, you know, rethinking her relationship with the doctor was much more interesting than what happened last week. Sure. Um, because uh, it felt truer to Doctor Who and to these two characters than last week's. Uh, whereas, like, last week, it's just like, I'm leaving this to all of womankind because abortions, lol. Um, <laughs> whereas, like, this week, like, he, that, that where he, like, explains to her, like, what was going on, where he's just like, look, I don't know what's going on. I didn't know what was going on. I can't promise people that I'm going to save them when I'm not, because then I'd be, I'd be a jerk. Like, and I, yeah, I'm going to come off as a jerk, but it's just me doing my best to figure this out. And like, just that whole explanation as to like who this new guy is and where he comes from as the doctor. I just found that so fascinating. Like, I, I feel like I know the guy now. Um, like way more than I ever have in the seventh epi- seven episodes previously. I feel like this is the episode where I finally got to know who the twelfth Doctor is, and I love. Oh, that's great. I'm um, happy. I'm happy for you for that. Yeah. So so <laughs> I I don't know. I I I get why that would bug you, but I I just I don't know. It just feels like it's. I will say it's, it's a character. It's a character story. It's not them threatening the status quo. Definitely. And you like it feels. I don't know. It. I. I never looked at it as like a status quo shakeup. It was just. It was just a character exploration, and I found it really interesting from the standpoint of the Doctor and a companion because they don't really ever go through this kind of shakeup um, emotionally. Mm. I guess. 
Uh, whereas like every other time, you know, the companions with the doctor until the very end and then, and then they leave, um, is kind of how it is every time. They don't really have a lot of speed bumps Mm -hmm. in their relationship very often. And so I really liked this a lot. Whereas like last week's, like, you know, we liked those last two scenes, but they still kind of like, we liked them in a vacuum, but like in context with the rest of the episode, it was just like, ugh. Whereas here, I felt like it all worked a lot better. I will say my favorite scene of the episode involved this relationship, which was at the very beginning when they're kind of in their little in their little table. Yeah, that was that was a really beautifully acted scene. Yeah, I loved mm-hmm. that too. I I just I love the end of this where they both bring down the handle at the same time, and I was like, mm, yeah, I'm ready for more adventures. This is great. I love this. <laughs> Uh, Cassandra, what are some of the things you wanted to talk oh about? Oh my god, okay, so I, I have notes all over this paper, and I I was scribbling more as you guys were talking. Um, but, cause... What, what's your take on the Clara, on the Clara-Doctor relationship, I guess, first? Um, on their relationship? Well, to touch back Well, the, on, in this episode, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, let me expound upon Clara and the Doctor's relationship. Um, no, to <laughs> kind of touch back on one of your theories scott about clara being like meta for the audience um and i like the fact that they do kind of have this kind of shake-up thing cough series six and series seven where we're like i hate doctor who i'm done with it i mean i went through that exact same thing and yet here we are mm-hmm. um we're mm-hmm. back and mm-hmm. we don't hate because hate is too strong a word like if you didn't actually oh, that's care, so good. Oh, if you You're so right. Yeah. I love that. Oh my if you God. didn't actually care about it, then why are you ranting about it on the internet or telling all your friends that you hate it? Like you're still talking about it. So we're mm-hmm. basically we're never gonna leave. Um, would that make Would that make Danny Pink a stand-in for the Whovians, like girlfriends and boyfriends and parents? It's like it's like, fine. We know why do you weird. care about this thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a TV show. <laughs> Oh my god, I like that. Um, I also really liked their conversation um, in the TARDIS, like right before she has her little change of heart thing, um, because it is an addiction, like for Clara, um, and that's a really, it's really interesting that they're going to take it to that place, because it is kind of like dark and it's it's a heavy subject to talk about people um like being addicted to whatever to people to a relationship to television as it were to whatever <laughs> and it's it's cool like i i like the ending where they go off and have more adventures because it kind of speaks to them that they're not ready to face whatever it is they need to they're not ready to grow up yet and we know about that about the doctor cuz he has never really grown up. He, like she says, just keeps running. Um, Mm -hmm. But the fact that she, like, she's aware of it and she's tried to leave, but she can't. So that's, it's kind of a, it's kind of cool that they're exploring that because, like, that's a very real thing that happens to people and I hope they don't butcher it like they did last week, but, um, and I really... I really liked the scene on the beach where she wakes up, like, post-everything, and the doctor is explaining to her what happened because 
I had no idea if he was still lying to her until that uh, the chief engineer guy was in the TARDIS. Like, oh, oh, he did oh, yeah. save everyone. And I thought it was wonderful. I loved the ambiguity, and I love, I like not being able to trust this doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I like, yeah, and Clara doesn't, I mean, she trusts him, but to an extent, you know? She and won't always uh, believe him. Yeah. So it's kind of like the fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, or fool, yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I feel like Clara, because of her little breakdown last week, um, which was, you know, it's, it was, eh, I don't know. It, it was, it was warranted. It just, yeah, <laughs> it was it's just, just unfortunate. It was yeah. in the episode. No, um, because, I mean, the Doctor has left, you know, humanity to discuss humanity things before. Like, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a motif. Um, but it was just kind of weird and abrupt last week. Anyway, we're talking about this week. Um, but yeah, so I like, I like that there, it, it feels like, I don't know, it genuinely feels like kind of like a wishy-washy breakup and... I hate you, and then you start talking again, and you just keep falling back into these habits with someone um, who you genuinely care about, but maybe not might not be good for you. Um, so I like mm-hmm. that they're. I like that this is their relationship. Yes, it's problematic, but I'm. I feel like they're aware of it. So mm-hmm. I guess we're gonna try and see where that goes, which is interesting. She yeah. she loves the way he lies. Corner phrase. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's it's I I I really started to like love the two of them in this episode yeah. a lot. Um, just like just like everything from that first scene, like Nick was talking about, where like she like takes his arm and they come like walking through the through the train and go and sit down and they're just like hanging out and talking, you know, mm-hmm. like all the way to the end where she's just like, we're friends again. Okay, let's do this. Yeah. Like all of that just felt so like quintessentially doctor companion. It, it's just in a way that like we haven't, we don't get a lot, I guess, you know, cause like I, I have loved <clears throat> all of the companions that we've had now in new who to varying degrees, but I've loved all of them. <clears throat> um, but this one, like, just feels like a true doctor-companion relationship, like going back to Classic Who. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, like, it feels like the fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane. Yeah, and I'm I'm really glad you mentioned that because there are so many little send-ups to Tom Baker in this, like the, like mm-hmm. the, jelly, the jelly Babies. Um, and I thought that scene where the doctor's in his sleeping compartment and he's talking to himself one of the voices i swear is him trying to imitate tom baker's voice because for a second i thought i was like oh is that <laughs> he, tom, is that tom he, baker's voice he did go deep um, he did kind of like yeah go lower an octave and the whole mm. mummy thing like that was in hinchcliffe holmes and yeah uh, oh so good <laughs> so good oh man uh, I, uh, what, what did you, uh, cause, okay. So the, the train engineer guy, cause at the end of this, you know, 
the doctor thinks Claire is going to leave. And so he he asks the train engineer if, um, you know, like asks without asking if he mm-hmm. would want to be his next companion. And what stuck out for me, like, one, I did feel like that kind of came out of nowhere because <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, I guess he was okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. How amazing um, would it be if just he became a companion for the rest of the Yeah, show. I know. He's in all the promotional photos. Yeah. He, he, he goes on the Comic-Con tours. Just a, just a train engineer guy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, but yeah, the thing that I found interesting about that, though – is we've never seen the doctor offer like a companion position to a guy before, which I feel Have like we not? no, I don't think so. It's always a woman, always. Huh. And so, to... like, even even when he has had guy companions, it's always kind of been appear. like, yeah, they kind of come along because yeah. of his female companion, you know. Mm. Like being like, we should bring them too, and he's like, whatever, I guess. I'm trying to. I don't uh, remember if he offers it to Jamie, because Jamie, I feel like, would be the exception. Yeah, I think Jamie's the only exception. But I don't that, remember. I I'm, yeah, I don't remember if he just like if he asked Jamie to come with him, or Jamie is just like, I'm coming. <laughs> I can't remember. Well, I don't remember if Stephen if he asks Stephen either. I don't know. My, yeah, I don't my, know. My heart no I'm trouting rusty. But uh but either but either way, like it it hasn't happened in a long time at the yeah. very least. Like a really long time. Yeah. So having this doctor like ask a guy to go with him, I was kind of taken aback because I was like, Oh, like this guy is totally different. Like him asking a guy to be his companion tells me like a lot about how he he doesn't he doesn't perceive this relationship romantically at all. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like past doctors, it's always kind of felt a little. There's like a little underlying like sexual tension kind of thing. Yeah. Um, even in even in the classic Who stuff, like because it's always a woman, you know, and you're not yeah. making that choice unless you're specifically being like, no, I only want to hang out with men, women because you know. <laughs> They're like you know what what was which 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 was the was it was it Amy that jokes about like when she sees all the pictures of the all the companions she's like wow it's a lot of really attractive women <laughs> I, I think so <laughs> yeah and and then the doctor gets embarrassed and it's like yeah but I I just found I I found like that for some reason him inviting a guy and like an older guy at that um to be his companion like just struck me as like oh that's who this guy is interesting i was genuinely kind of disappointed because i just suddenly had this vision of perkins just being like do you remember the do you remember the railroad engineer in wild wild west (laughs) i don't know i just love the idea of the doctor just have like the the tardis having a scotty oh yeah (laughs) Like, like he doesn't even leave the tardis very often but he's just like oh we can't go much further you're killing her. You're killing her. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I I really like that 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 happened. I guess mm-hmm. um, 
just as a as a thing. It makes me wonder if our next companion after Clara won't be. I hope. I really, but I don't because then there will be no female voice on the show because Lord knows. Unless, unless you get you get the guy right. Here, here's what I I think would be like the best possible version of this happening. Right. So, so, so the doctor, the next companion is a male companion, Mm. right? And so you have twelfth doctor and a male companion. Let's just call him Craig. Sure. <laughs> so, so you have the twelfth Doctor and male companion, uh, Craig, in this Thank case, you. Um, and uh, and you, and then like all of the hate that Moffat has gotten this season for not having a female writer. Next season, he invites like three female writers, right, to write for the mm-hmm. show next season. So you have three female writers next season, two like um, two two male leads, like but female writers, and then it like that companion goes on to the 13th doctor who is a, who woman. Is a woman there we go Boom. yeah yep and about like, the that's... female oh sorry oh no please, no, please, no, please go ahead oh about the female writing thing um just as an aside because i follow neil gaiman on tumblr and they he got an ask about writing for the bbc um and he was giving advice to this person like how to apply to be a writer on the bbc and i thought that was really cool um but in his little reply, he says that because he's been working with, he's really close with the Doctor Who team, mm-hmm. and he says that Stephen Moffat has been looking high and low for female writers, like throughout his run, um, and it's just it hasn't worked out. And I thought that was really interesting to hear from someone. You know, I have heard that. Uh, the problem isn't Stephen Moffat that it's actually the BBC because they they don't want new writers working on Doctor Who. They want uh, established ones, and mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of established female, female like TV sci-fi. writers yeah. in, in in like in you know the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is what the problem is. Like apparently, I, I've heard stories where Moffat has brought female writers on and the BBC won't approve them. Oh. Well, that's very uh, disheartening if that's true. It is. Right. Yeah. Where the and, and it's like a vicious cycle because it's like, you know, they won't let a woman write the show that doesn't have experience, but the but reason they that they don't have experience is because they're yeah. a woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tales all this time. Yeah. But I would yeah. just I no would kidding. Oh, I would kill to <laughs> And not even uh, I just I, I would love to see a different perspective on this mythology, on this mythos, and mm-hmm. you know, similar to Marvel or DC, you know, where it's like so much of the readership or the fandom is female. Mm-hmm. I would just love to see like what would J.K. Rowling do with the Doctor Who story, or well, I mean, I don't think any, I don't think B- BBC's. Not they're not idiots. So there's if she wanted to write one, I mean she could probably write a whole season. They wouldn't care. Or like, yeah. oh my gosh. Okay. Or, or even look across the pond. Like think about the writing team for like Sleepy Hollow or Supernatural. Or mm. what the hell is happening behind me? Do you, do you yeah, I, that, sorry. No. Okay, sorry. No. <laughs> it sounded like a bird. A it sounded like a bird attacking a squirrel. <laughs> very shrill and very loud. I'm so sorry. Uh. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I they don't. Uh, I don't think they legally can hire Americans to write for the you show. Sure. Like I think, I think because BBC is owned by the government, um, I, I think that they have like ma- government mandates as to them having to hire like within their own country. Mm-hmm. I think. 
Um, I feel like I've read that before. So I, I think the idea of getting an American writer isn't going to happen. Sure. Um, uh, female or otherwise. But uh, I, that's the reason why. Remember there was like that rumor that like Ma, that um, Spielberg wanted to direct an episode and, you know, that didn't happen. And you're just like scratching your head. You're going like, how do you not let Steven Spielberg direct an episode of Doctor Who if he right. wants to? And apparently it's that law that's stopping it from happening. Would this also include Peter Jackson? Is he a citizen of New Zealand? I don't know. Because, like, that's been a rumor for years. Yeah, that might be a problem. That might be a problem. I don't know. You know just... I don't know. But, I, I mean, I don't I don't pretend to know the, the laws of, of the United Kingdom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, so, that's something I've heard before. So, so you know what we do, ladies? We we become British citizens. And then we write mm-hmm. for Doctor Who. This is hey, how this happens. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I mean... I, I have thought about it. <laughs> I think we've all been there. I've, yeah, I've no. I've thought about like, oh, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe I can, uh, maybe that's what I could do. I just like try to become a British citizen so I can, you know, eventually write for Doctor Who. Kids, your uh, grandpa Scott moved to the UK with ten dollars in his pocket <laughs> and a dream. <laughs> I'm gonna write for Doctor Who. <laughs> when I when I move there, I will talk like that. That's <laughs> sure. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, okay, so what, what else you got, Cassandra? What else is on your Oh, are notes? we just going down my list? Yeah, please. Okay. Um, You've got talking points. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, okay. So that that reveal, though, like, ah, oh, that was so good. Where it's like, what? oh, it's not actually the Orient Express. It's, it's a lab, and all these people are holograms. I was like, what? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't... I don't know. Most Even the lighting changed and yeah, everything. Like it, it just turned into a lab. It's like just a straight up lab. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I love Clara's outfit. Just oh my gosh, yeah. Her yeah. eye makeup I loved her game hair. is on point. I'm really jealous about her eye makeup. I wish I could do that. Yeah, um, the, the, her hair was this, so this awesome. Whole, this, whole, this. Yeah. this whole crew This whole crew deserves baptas all around. Yeah. Oh, so good. And even the design, like the the... The design of the ship, like pre-reveal and post-reveal, was so good because they were completely different. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked the design of the mummy too. Like it was stereotypical, but it was also like really creepy still. Oh yeah. Um, I love the countdown clock. Yeah. That, that added me, a level of tension that was really cool. It reminded me a lot of. Um, oh. The, the, the first episode of Battlestar Galactica. 33? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It reminded me of that episode of, that. of, uh, reminded me of that episode of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah, that too. Where yeah. that thing happened. And that's the thing <laughs> right. happened. It also reminded me of 42, to bring it back to Doctor Who, that episode where it happens kind of in quote-unquote real time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just love Countdown Clocks, it's cool. Um, yeah. I love uh, I love Capaldi's uh, first Doctor outfit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's basically wearing Hartnell's outfit, like Hartnell's I did, Doctor's that outfit. Didn't, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, um, with like different pants, but yeah. He's oh got my that, god, he's got that long like ribbon tie. I just I really <laughs> I really liked this writer. I was so apprehensive, and then he just nailed it. He nailed it. To I'm the so wall. excited for next week's now. I know. Okay, can we just talk about how the episode title for next week is a pun? I know. 
Forgive me, but what what, what 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 is the episode title? Because it, it's Flatline. Flatline. And the aliens are two-dimensional, and they're killing people, uh, so it's like a double pun. And I was like, yes, yeah. I love puns. Um, <laughs> it was such a good pun. Scott gets me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the main thing that I actually wanted to talk about, because... Um, and I didn't even find this on my own. My boyfriend was reading stuff about Doctor Who um, before we watched the episode this afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. And he came across this thing that someone pointed out that uh, all of the... Uh, to bring it back to the, um, the heaven and the nether sphere stuff, I know mm-hmm. we didn't get a mention of it in this episode, but all of... The episodes that feature robots are the ones with the heaven link. Like, oh, weird. interesting. Yeah, so like Deep Breath, um, Into the Dalek, Robot of Sherwood, and The Caretaker. They all have robots. And robots are the only ones who are looking for the promised land. And people killed by robots are the only people that get to heaven. Wow. It's, and I was like, that blew my mind. And I, like, we were just riffing on it. And because the mummy tech is kind of similar to the tech that's introduced in Deep Breath. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. And so if people killed by robots are the only people who end up in heaven, then that first creepy robot killed himself. Oh. And we finally get an answer. Yeah. So... And like the the AI of the ship, Gus, he's he's an AI. So I'm wondering if like they're it's all linked. And um, and the doctor mentions how Gus has tried to contact the doctor before this. He called so the phone. So both Gus, yeah, both Gus and Mith- Missy have the TARDIS phone number. Mm. So I was just like, oh man. I I yeah I I really like that. That's really cool. I like Gus. Spirit time. I like I Gus too. too. I and I and I like that we don't we don't really know what what or who or whatever he is, like where he mm-hmm. comes from, like what the deal is with him. Um he's just uh he's just an AI program. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think that's I think that was really cool. I, I like how every episode doesn't feel the need to like be in a tight little bow by the end of it. At least mm-hmm. most of them. Um, you know, with like a few exceptions like Sherwood and and whatnot. Yeah. Um, most of them leave some sort of some sort of sort of like episodic thread yeah, left. It, open. it really feels. I mean, obviously, there's lots of serial threads that they've left open in each episode, but I I literally mean just like something in that particular episode that's left open. It really feels like um, Moffat. It really feels like Moffat is building a new universe. Mm-hmm. In between, like Perkins, Perkins could totally come back. Gus could come back. Um, mm-hmm. the two, the two sort of companions from Time Heist, I would love to see come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, I like this. I, I, I really, like, when you look at the season as a whole, like, it's kind of like, it's, it's sort of becoming something really special, where I think that when it's all said and done, we're gonna look back and just be like, whoa, that was actually a really good season overall, you know? Yeah. Um, cause it feels constructed in a way that is more impressive than it has been in a while. Well, it, it seems like a, then, them- like, it, yeah, go on. I was gonna say, it seems, it seems like it's building towards a thematic place rather than a plot place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and speaking of thematic stuff, uh, we get more of the, of the, of the soldier officer yeah. theme. 
in this one in a way that didn't feel ham-fisted and and felt like I, I was starting to get a handle on it a little bit more where it's like i almost wonder if if the doctor's hatred of soldiers is not his guilt for being a soldier but in fact his guilt for being an officer in that all of his companions are his soldiers and they he keeps losing them yeah and so he's like no not another soldier because i don't want to lose another soldier like Mm -hmm. it just reminds him of all of the companions that he's lost in the past i like that which is why danny pink will die in the finale (laughs) We don't need any more boyfriends that die. Sure. Um, let's, let's fridge <laughs> some boy. Back. Let's fridge some boyfriends. <laughs> well, well. To be fair, like how many times was R- R- Rory fridged? Like seven, seven. times, eight at times? least eight. I yeah. stopped counting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm starting to rethink the soldier thing now that a little bit more is being revealed of it. And again, like. I just think that this show is playing the, the the long game. Like, it's it's it, which is really interesting. It's like, yeah, you're going to be confused this episode, but as we get along, you're going to get more details of stuff. Um, and I think that's really cool. I really like what they're doing this season a lot. Even even though like the past two episodes we've been kind of harsh on. Um, overall, I think that's really interesting. Also, guy guys, we didn't talk about this last week, but did you see that compare and contrast thing to like? The bit in, uh, the bit in listen when the doctor is talking to little Danny. Oh, I did see that on your thing. And yeah. And being like, and being, he's talking to little Danny and being like, you know, like, oh, when you're scared, like it's like a superpower and you can jump higher and run faster and all of this. And it, they, they, uh, took that bit and then, uh, compared it to what Danny does at the end of the caretaker where he like runs forward and does that crazy flip and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that makes me appreciate that a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I think this, this season's doing a lot of stuff like that. Um, that I, I think that this season almost more than any other is going to benefit from rewatches. I mean, I mean, I I don't want to hear, I'm, I'm knocking on my wooden desk right now. I don't know if you can hear that, but, um, (laughs) We're now entering, like, depending on how these guys stick the landing, we're, like, entering season five territory. Mm-hmm. It's oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. Which is... Well, and we're getting into the third act yeah. of the of the season now, because um, we've only got four episodes left. Um, so we're, we're definitely in the third act of this season. Uh, like, you know, to the point where Flatline could end up like sort of ending at a point that you're just like oh here we go like we're like you know like we're we're cresting the pink the crest in the peak <laughs> and, I, where's that episode <laughs> crest, crest in the pink, the pink. <laughs> um cresting the peak and uh and 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 you know coming coming down full speed like it you know we could get like that kind of ending um at the end of flatline so i am i am i'm loving this uh it's you know even even with those last two episodes that were kind of lackluster mm-hmm. um i still like kind of really i'm looking back on this season really fondly and i count i i personally count the caretaker as a plus rather than a minus but that's just based on like i the stuff that i liked i liked more than the stuff i didn't like sure yeah i think we were i think we were really hard on that episode when maybe it didn't deserve <laughs> it <laughs> 
Um, cause I, I, I think that it did have its problems, but overall, like it was still a pretty entertaining episode. And I think, I think when we review, when we talked about it on the show, I, I really think we, um, we forgot to, you know, reiterate that. Sure. Um, cause I think we all like, pre- we, we all like felt like pretty positive about that episode. At the but... beginning. And then it was just like, Oh, all of this stuff. Right. Right. All this yeah. kind of political not to undermine the problems that we had because I think those were right. But yeah. Anyway. And then kill the moon was weird. And, and plus it's like, it, it's gotten better now in retrospect with like getting a little bit more of the doctors, like soldier angst mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I, I think that that episode could end up being like really good once we get to the end of the season and then look back at it and know what, know a hundred percent what that episode was trying to do and like, trying to accomplish. You know? What if, yeah. um, what if at the very end of, Death in Heaven, or whatever the second part's called, just you know the master and like the doctor are like fighting on like a hill or something, and it's like <laughs> I got you now, and then like the moon dragon comes back, and like <laughs> the, the doctor like hops on it, <laughs> and then flies away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm for Christmas it. special. Um, <laughs> Nick Frost as Santa riding a moon dragon, <laughs> just doing doing um, like a never ending story fist bump. Do you, do you oh think Nick God. Frost is going to be Santa Claus, or do you think he's going to be Space Santa Claus? I, ho- I hope he's called. Santa. I hope his title is Space Santa Claus. Space Santa Claus. Hello. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, so I. I. I really, really loved. Uh, I really, really loved Mummy a lot. Um. Which is so great because it had a really cool title, and I was afraid because the cool oh title ones always are it lame. Did not disappoint. I was so yeah. happy. Um. What else you got, Cassandra? You got anything else? Mm, I think I talked through everything. Okay. It was mostly that robot theory because it was like blowing my brain up. No, that's really solid. Robot. Yeah, I love that. That's really great. I think um, my favorite. I think my favorite line of the episode that was almost kind of heartbreaking is um, going back to that scene where you know the doctor's talking about planets and you know all Claire wants to do is talk about like personal stuff. And there's this really great line where Capaldi says like, "Can I talk about planets again now?" And yeah. I don't know, yeah. that just really spoke to who this who the character is, where he just kind of just wants to talk about planets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see. He it's you know, he's kind of like the 12th doctor is sort of like your your grandpa who you just like you want to be friends with, but like you can't really change the guy anymore, yeah. you know? So like the things that you don't like about him, you just sort of have to deal with and kind of learn to love and just be like well that's my grandpa you know (laughs) yeah yeah just accept like that's just who they are and like you can't change them because they're too old like that's heavy that's yeah that's what it feels like um and i i really i kind of like that as a you know as a as a take on the doctor can we just appreciate the writers deciding not to go down the road so traveled of Danny Pink being against the Doctor or seeing the Doctor as a rival for Clara's affection, I'm really glad we superseded that. Yeah, I don't know. I just I feel like we're able to go to a more interesting place quickly. Yeah, I just yeah. hope I just really hope uh, Danny Pink becomes a companion at the end of Flatline because at this point, like you know, they announced him as a companion, and I'm just like, is he? Like he's Clara's like stay at home companion. <laughs> yeah, it's really oh, weird. Really want to go there, but the fact that Flatline is uh, Earthbound, um, 
makes me think that he probably will become a companion at the end of that. Do we want to start a, a betting pool as to when uh, someone will drop a Banksy reference next week? <laughs> <laughs> Within five minutes. Okay. Um, in the teaser. <laughs> it's Banksy. Oh my god, what if it's reveal? What if we see Banksy like spray painting something and then Banksy takes off her hood and it's Missy? <laughs> What the, the episode is literally just about like how there is no Banksy. Like those are just aliens. <laughs> just aliens. That would be great. <laughs> Joe Cornish would direct the heck out of that episode. Oh, Joe Cornish would direct <laughs> an episode of Doctor Who, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. That would be phenomenal. He should write yeah. one. He should just do something soon. <laughs> Anything. Any- like really. Just Does that mean Edgar Wright can direct an episode of Doctor Who? I mean, Edgar Wright can always direct. I want that, but I just am assuming that's never going to happen. Yeah. Ed- Edgar yeah. Wright could direct an episode of The Big Bang Theory and I would watch it. That's accurate, I think. Mm. I would hope he would never do that. But. Yeah, standards though. I would love a, a Richard Iowati Doctor Who too. I would love a Richard I would love a Richard Iowati Doctor. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he, like, rumored for a while? I saw, like, at least a fan cast of him. Yeah, it's a fan cast. I don't think it was Have you guys, uh, have you listened to the, um, and this is related to Doctor Who, have you you listened to the the Michael Sheen episode of The Nerdist? I have not. Okay, he's a massive Whovian. Oh. And there's this really charming bit where him and Chris Hardwick are just geeking out about Doctor Who, and Sarah Silverman is just kind of, like, in the background, like, yeah... Cool, but no, he. he but that's funny. But Michael Sheen is like a genuine like Who fan. Like he he's caught up. Like he he knows what he's talking about. And um, there's this really cool bit where he was like, I was trying to convince the BBC because at one point I was I was in the running to be one of the doctors. And he was like, I really wanted like at one point Matt Smith to regenerate into me, and I just have this really weird met or like vocal affectation for like thirty seconds, and then and then it turns into Capaldi. <laughs> so like it's I cameo for like 30 seconds as the doctor and then I go back that's, that's funny, funny. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I wouldn't mind a Michael Sheen doctor I like Michael Sheen yeah he and Stephen Moffat um, were in the same like theater company in college or something oh interesting hmm yeah I'm like looking at pictures of Michael Sheen right now and I'm just like yeah I could I could get on board with that um, not that we need another like brown-haired white dude to play the doctor, but <laughs> don't we? Yeah. Apparently, we do. We have plenty of those. Apparently, those are the. I, I mean, we're not going to talk about this, but because um, we're we're enjoying <laughs> the present, and the present's really good for the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Although Michael Sheen being like a huge Doctor Who fan uh, reminds me of like. That picture from the um, from the Deep Breath uh, like the- theatrical premiere, you know how like they played it in theaters, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's that picture of uh, Tom Hiddleston like at oh yeah like he's there at the, at the thing yeah. yeah like at at one of those at just like a regular he just like went to his regular multiplex to go see it because he's a Doctor Who fan and I was just like that's yeah, how stop being cool just stop it right. <laughs> Um, wasn't wasn't but, Michael Sheen in an episode of Doctor Who? He was the voice oh. of the the villainous yeah. the planet in the, the Doctor's house. wife. Yeah. House, yeah. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah. Oh, and Chris Hardwick didn't know that until Mike Michael Sheen told him, and Chris Hardwick like had a mini like breakdown. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, he was like, "You were house." <laughs> huh. Interesting. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. Uh, I would like him to be on the show again at some point. Maybe he can be the next companion. There we go. Sure. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just weird random brain spasm. You know who would make a great male companion? Uh, mm. Patty Considine. Oh yeah. He would be good. Oh man. Who's Who's that? Um. He was. He's one of the. Um. He's one of the. Um. The twins in Hot Fuzz. He was like he was uh, Stephen in in The World's End. Yeah, uh, he oh, was one oh, of the mu- oh. he was one of the mustache guys in Hot Fuzz and oh, 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 The World's okay. End. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he would be like a really good companion. Uh, really good. Actually, actually. actually, just we should just have those four guys just be the companions for a season. It's all four of them. <laughs> Yeah. as those characters <laughs> i'm for it i i still say like just the biggest waste that doctor who ever did was uh put simon Pegg in that one episode yeah. of uh, of doctor who i was like what a waste of simon Pegg! like that could have just been anything i'm convinced that like, they could bring him back and no one would ever no one would bat an eyelid people there would be people that would but i don't really care about those sure. people so please bring him back <laughs> he would be a, he would be a great companion yeah, he'd be pretty good. I, I, I don't think I think uh, he's got a little too much star power to pull that sure. off. I would rather him just be a guest star, but like a really good guest star. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. convinced he should cameo as one of Santa's elves. <laughs> uh, that would be that would be wonderful. I would That'd love be that. Funny. Um, Eddie Marsden would be a good doctor too. Yeah, Eddie Marsden would be a pretty good doctor. Rosamund Pike would be a good doctor. Uh, yeah, she would. Rosamund Pike would be good at anything. Olivia Coleman would be a great yeah. doctor. The mom from Shaun of the Dow. No, oh no. What, what am I saying? She's the prime minister. Yeah, she's the prime minister. Oh, that was a great character. Yeah, it was. Anyway, we haven't talked about Mummy on the Orange Express in like ten minutes. It's, we're still talking <laughs> about Doctor Who. It's yeah. fine. Um, yeah. So great episode. Uh, I'm sorry you didn't like it that much. No, I, I, I just wasn't. Um, I'm really glad you guys liked it. I, I, I enjoyed watching it. I just wasn't um, terribly. It didn't offer anything particularly refreshing to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just the kind of the story, the story engine of characters slowly getting picked off in this place. But yeah, but there was a lot of it too. And I, I, I really liked Twelve in this episode. Like genuinely. And, um, yeah, no, and, and I, I see this episode as, like, building towards something that I know is going to be great. Mm. Hopefully. Yeah. Unless it's just... just it's, it's funny because my friend referred to this episode before it had aired as the Titanic in Space ripoff episode. And I was like, ha, ah, that's funny. Um, and I was kind of hoping that it would not just be a rehash of... Oh, what journey of the journey of the dead? Journey the damned, the damned. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Journey of the damned. Um, right. Guys, can I can I say something? Yes. Can, can I admit something on this podcast? That I don't think I've told anyone. Oh um, no! Oh no! I'm scared. <laughs> I've never seen Journey of the Damned. Really? Nope. Oh, that'll be that'll be uh, that'll be a really exciting episode when we cover. <laughs> just that. for some reason, I've just never seen it. 
Well, I mean, you know, Cassandra had that too with the uh, Widow in the Wardrobe episode. Sure, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just miss a Christmas episode, mm-hmm. you know? I, I, I could understand that, especially when they're usually so outside continuity. You know, they're just like a fun adventure. It's really mm-hmm. easy to skip them. I'm aware of the, the – I mean, I've seen the, the Alonzo meme on Tumblr plenty of times, but I've never actually seen right. that episode. Interesting. Okay. Well, that'll be that'll be cool. Uh, can can I real quick while we're talking about people who would make really good doctors? My uh, can I talk about my dream pick for a female doctor? Like just I mean I love Olivia Coleman. Yes, She'd because be I think you've told us before, but I want to hear it again. Uh, Ruth Wilson. Oh, my my first brain first place my brain went to was Rebel Wilson. Oh no! Interesting. <laughs> In, interesting. No, 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 Ruth. <laughs> no, Ruth, Ruth Wilson from uh, from Luther and uh, uh, the, she's like in a in a bunch of other the Lone things. Ranger, yeah, Lone Ranger. Unfortunately, yeah, she's a Lone Ranger. Um, but Ruth Wilson specifically, Luther is what makes me think of like that she would be an amazing Doctor. Oh, definitely. Um, Ruth Wilson, just just a just R- Ruth Wilson as the Doctor and Patty Considine as the as the companion. Um, oh my God, would I watch that that's show? A, that's that's <laughs> gritty. That sounds gritty. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that so much. Uh, do you know who Ruth Wilson is? I think Cassandra? Yeah, cuz you've mentioned it before and if it's She right, was have cuz I haven't have you, seen Luther yet. Have you ever seen um have you ever seen Saving Mr. Banks? Oh yeah, she's in that too. Oh, oh yes, yes. Wait. She was the she's, mom. She's the mom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, love her. I oh, apparently she's on some Showtime show. Also, she? also yeah. since we're just since we're just you're just saying names now, uh, Chris O'Dowd would be a great companion. Yes, he would. That's true. Yeah, to, apparently she has some Richard Showtime Arrowati's series called The Affair. You know, well, Bolin from Legend of Korra would make a good companion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go animated. Yeah, though. that's good. <laughs> Oh my God. The budget of Doctor Who skyrockets as Stephen Moffat insists <laughs> that an animated companion join the show. <laughs> it's just oh, a man. hologram. It's just a hologram of Bola. And he only can say lines from The Legend of Korra. Just out of <laughs> The Doctor's next companion is just Godzilla. Yes, just the monster <laughs> Godzilla. Just Godzilla. Hey, Godzilla, how you doing? <laughs> oh, you too. I know. I would watch that show, especially if the doctor was Capaldi still. Yeah. Is it, it just, just Capaldi me, and Godzilla? It just reminds me of that that scene in Deep Breath where he's just talking to a dinosaur for like five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Just Godzilla. <laughs> King, King Kong is the Danny Pink of that scene. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Godzilla, you, have god. To, you can never. He always has to call him just Godzilla, though. Yeah. <laughs> no nicknames. I don't know. I like I like the idea that that his nickname for Godzilla is Zilly. 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 <laughs> Zilly. Zilly, come back. <laughs> but but his dialogue is just a series of the Godzilla roars, but then with sub yeah. with subtitles. With subtitles. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's like, Doctor, look out. <laughs> Uh, I would watch that show. I would watch that so much. I'm, it would oh be so God. limiting the adventures they could go on. 
Like he can never take the doc. He can never take Godzilla on the Orient Express. He's too big, you guys. He's so big. <laughs> he could take Godzuki on the Orient Express. Sure. <laughs> Godzuki for next companion. <laughs> Godzuki. Next companion to be uh, an animatronic puppet named Godzuki. <laughs> I'm for it. Oh, oh my man. goodness! Internet, make it happen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, space Irish Jaws. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Space Irish Jaws. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, that's that's Doctor Who this week, and that's the Doctor's companion. If you have thoughts you want to share on Mummy on the Orient Express or any of the other stuff we've talked about, uh, find the post of this episode at the doctorscompanion.us and leave a comment. Or you can send us an email, tdcpodcast at gmail.com. If uh, you like me and you want to check out the other podcasts that I do, go to mindrobber.net where you will find uh, the flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, uh, where I just talk about uh, things that I've been I've been doing and watching and reading and etc. Um, and then the spinoff podcast of that, the Mind Robbers Versus, where we're covering every episode of Buffy and Angel uh, currently, um, little mini episodes, bite sized, uh, and then yeah, bite sized, nice. Aha. Oh, look at that. I didn't even get that that was a pun until you said that. Uh, and uh, and then uh, Nick and I have a podcast called Not Writing where we should be working, but we're not instead of re- recording a podcast uh, because we are irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, if you are on Twitter, you can follow this podcast at TDC Podcast so you'll know the second a new episode hits. Or you can follow our personal accounts. I am at Scott Corelli. Uh, Cassandra is at Dark Hearted Rose and Nick is at Nick M. Jimenez. Come at me. Uh, if if you like the show, do us a favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps us out, especially if it's five stars. Those are really awesome ones. And we love, uh, we love comments on the site. I really love looking through it and hearing from you guys, like genuinely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. And and uh, it should be noted that uh, apparently you can update your if you've if you've previously left a review and you'd like to update your review uh, with like new content because the show is different. Really, you can do that. Yeah, wow, yeah. So you can do that. Um, so uh, so do that. And of course, most importantly, be our street team. Uh, get out there, tell people about us, uh, and 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 make them listen. Force them to. Um, because it, it, it helps us out. We'd appreciate it. <laughs> uh, next week, we'll be back with the puntastic flatline. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye, Bye guys.